0: Thank you. Welcome to Joe's Boys. This is a podcast for little women, little men, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Peyton Thomas. I'm the author of the novel, Both Sides Now. I'm also a writer for publications like Pitchfork, Billboard, and Vanity Fair. And I'm here today with my very special guest, Kathleen Gross. Kathleen is a cartoonist who lives in my hometown, Vancouver, British Columbia. She is the author and illustrator of the graphic novel, Joe, an adaptation of Little Women, sort of, which you can't see because this is audio, but I'm waving my copy around. <laughs> and her book is available wherever fine books are sold. She's also the author, I read, of the forthcoming Anne, a contemporary retelling of Anne of Green Gables, which is due out this summer. Um, and out this fall. October 25th
1: is the release date. So I think you can, not to jump in, okay. but I think you can pre-order <laughs> it if you want. Uh, it's That's right. Yeah.
0: So pre-order and it's out October 25th. And when she's not writing queer as hell adaptations of your favorite classics, uh, she teaches comics at Lane Garrett College. Kathleen, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Peyton. I'm so excited to be here today. <laughs> yeah, as I said, like I have had you in mind as a guest for like a long time and I'm so glad that you could make it. This is very exciting for me. Um, Well, I love any excuse to talk about Little Women, and I love any excuse to
1: talk about my work, so I was very flattered that you wanted to have me on.
0: And specifically, like, you know, real kindred spirits as far as, like, understanding Little Women is a queer text. Like, (laughs) I know you're on the level, so let's get started. (laughs) I mean, this is maybe an obvious one, considering I just introd you as the author of Joe, An Adaptation of Little Women, but what is your relationship to Little Women?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I adore this book. I've read it, you know, so many times. I I think I came to it as sort of like at a teen, and then just like immediately fell in love and read it and reread it. And yeah, you know, it it always feels like also this book that becomes a connection to so many people because my mom loved the book so much as well, and so many of my friends' moms loved the book, and it just always feels like a way to connect with a lot of people like so many people have this like really intimate relationship with the book and really feel like it's their book in a way <laughs> so yeah and it it literally is your book now It's <laughs> very exciting I got to do the most self-indulgent thing <laughs> which was uh, take it and make it my own <laughs> yeah
0: and I am going to want to ask you about Anne at the end but like I'm also mm-hmm. very curious about that as your like primordial queer text but um for the time being let me ask and again this might be a gimme but um which march sister are you and keep in mind Lori is a march sister <laughs>
1: um so i think at certain points in my life i would have said very definitively like joe but i think the older i get the more i find myself moving back and forth between joe and amy
0: Ooh. um
1: yeah, I think there's there's many things about Joe that I really relate to. and There's many things about Amy that I really relate to. She's a bit of a brat, you know, she's very like headstrong and sometimes uses big words wrong. And I feel like I relate to all of those things <laughs> as well. But I, I feel like there's sort of like two halves of the same coin. And I always kind of return to both of them as characters that I really relate to
0: in the book. That makes sense. I I hear uh, a lot from people who were fans of the Greta Gerwig movie that like that changed the way they thought about or related to Amy. Mm, I really enjoyed that adaptation (laughs) because I felt like like sometimes I see
1: it and I mean everyone's absolutely allowed to experience the work as they do but there's a lot of hate for Amy out there and I think she's (laughs) such a wonderful character and like people get so bad that she burned Joe's manuscript it's like yeah that's what you do when you're a vindictive kid and like you're having a fight with your sibling like you do not great stuff and then you grow up and realize that that was not a great thing to do and repair your relationship uh but I really enjoyed that the Greta Gerwig movie sort of like showed Amy in this very like understanding light and like gave a lot of character to her that is in the book, but I think sometimes gets a little bit overlooked in readings. Um, So yeah, I really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and you know I don't know if you know much about like the real life May Alcott who was the inspiration for Amy, but yeah, also like a hugely like ambitious and like really cool person who did a lot of incredible things oh yeah it was like over in Europe doing
1: art stuff like really fascinating person yeah um so yeah I I did enjoy with the uh Gerwig adaptation not to get too sidetracked here I I thought that was a a fantastic adaptation and I'm always a little bit hesitant about uh uh, things that try too much to um parallel the life of the author with the Mm -hmm. characters in the book because I think even if a book is based off of aspects of the author's life there's still like distinct separations between the author as a person and the characters existing in their own universe. But I do think that movie did a pretty good job at like borrowing small details from Alcott's life and peppering them through the movie. Um, in a way that didn't feel too, too much. Like saying like, Joe is 100% Louisa May Alcott, but rather taking inspiration from real life details and being like, ah, this is how we can imagine this world.
0: Yeah, that's such a good point. Like there are lines in the movie that are just from Lou's uh, diaries and journals and letters. And and yet there's also like a very clear dividing line between like, okay, this is Joe and this is Lou and this is the fiction and this is the real, which is...
1: Yeah, one scene that really... duck out to me that I thought was such a fantastic detail was they show footage of Jo like writing her stories and writing her books and at points she's shaking out her hand and switching hands and going Mm -hmm. to the other hand and Alcott actually wrote an entire book with her left hand because you got an rsi (laughs) like she got a repetitive strain injury because you had to do it by hand back then like this was pre-everything you if you were writing a book you were writing that entire thing out by hand and it's so easy to injure yourself that way and Mm -hmm. you know i mean you know right it was her main way of providing for her family because her dad believed that work was immoral Mm -hmm. um (laughs) So she had to keep writing. So she had to switch her hit, and they put that into the movie. And I was like, oh, that's (sighs) such a beautiful, like little detail that shows the care that went into that
0: adaptation. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Like everything note perfect. Yeah. I'm so glad we're on the same page about that. but you know the adaptation we're talking about today is yours okay fine it's my arm yeah um normally in like at this point in the episode i would ask you to like recap the chapter that we're talking about what we we're talking about your book so kathleen would you mind recapping your book for listeners yeah, absolutely <laughs> so
1: uh joe is uh as the title says an adaptation of little women in brackets sort of um and it's a very loose retelling of little women and uh we did or what I did with that reimagine little women and sort of the themes and the characters is how they might appear today. So, it's set in the modern day. The characters have been um, aged down to be in middle school. I mean, obviously, sort of Little Women as a book follows the scope of the lives of these characters. And I tried to kind of keep it down to about a school year um, to show the lives of these four sisters. Uh, Meg's just going off to high school. Joe's in grade eight. Beth is grade six and Amy's grade five. Mm -hmm. Um, So Beth has recovered from leukemia and is joining school band and sort of like learning more about music. Amy's doing art projects, Uh, but Joe is really the focus of the book and she has started this secret blog that's just for her to practice her writing uh, and tell little stories about her family. And then um, at the start of grade eight, she gets asked to join the newspaper club by this girl, Freddie. um, And she decides, well, oh, I really like Writing. So I guess I'll I guess I'll join. Seems kind of not what I do. Like I like creative writing, newspapers are boring, but whatever, I'll give it a try. Uh, and she at first really struggles with trying to write in this new format and then has to like learn how to get better at that. And then sort of crushes form. And Joe sort of comes out um, as a lesbian. Um, Lori's around as a best friend. Um, so lots of familiar faces from the original work, just sort of with a twist.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I really loved it. Like, I I read this last spring kind of during a pretty bleak period of quarantine. And it was it was a nice kind of deep breath, you know, (laughs) in a dark time. So, I mean, I think for me, kind of the standout biggest change you've made is the decision to turn Professor Bayer, who is this middle aged German man, like, we're going to spoil things. So, you know, my (laughs) apologies. You turn Professor Baer, you know, the middle-aged German man into Freddie, who's like this very sweet black girl who runs the school paper and does crushing on her heart. So can you talk about what went to that decision and the choice to adapt um, Professor Baer in that way?
1: Yeah, I think it was more sort of focusing on the relationship between Joe and Professor Bear. And like, uh, to me, there is like a sweetness to Bear as as a character in the original. So just try to bring that into like a new format and change up what we expect from the characters and maybe make it a little bit more um, reflective of today's society um, and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's, that's one of the hardest things about or if you're doing an adaptation of Little Women, I think a lot of people really struggle with Bear because he kind of comes in right at the very end. He's <laughs> He was, you know, Lou kind of devised him as a funny match to sort of mess with people. So what was it like? Um, I'm sure that, you know, as you were kind of outlining and figuring out what you were going to do, how did like the choice to loop Freddie in from the very beginning, how did that affect your process?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I love like Friedrich Baer as a character. I really like him and I like him as a pairing for Joe. And like knowing the behind the scenes that he was a little bit of like an FU to the readers because they kept asking Alcott, like, who's Joe gonna marry? Who's Joe gonna marry? And Alcott being like, uh, I going to do what I want um, and go in a completely different direction that if you're sort of like used to kind of a more typical romantic pairing, you might be like, ah, that's not what I want. I wanted Joe to be with Laurie yeah. um, or whatever. <laughs> I know that's a very popular opinion, but I always really liked Bear as a pairing for Joe. So I just knew right off the bat that would be how I would reinterpret sort of like that relationship into the modern day with, with sort of like middle schoolers and crushes. Cause yeah, I'm, I'm so fond of Bear. <laughs> what do you, what do you like about him? Cause I'm kind of a hater. Maybe you can. Oh, that. interesting. Um, <laughs> I think I always just kind of like, sort of like older kind of figures who offer like comfort and care. Like that always, I find very like compelling or appealing, I guess. Like, I feel like he, Comes in and sort of like challenges Joe in the way that she needs to be challenged. Like he doesn't, like he lets her do her thing, but he doesn't just or like appreciate it at face value. He really cares about what she does and wants him to, wants her to be the best that she can be. And if she's doing bad work, he'll tell her and yeah, be like, this yeah. isn't working. And I think that I always really enjoy it as a relationship dynamic, because I think that's so important in like relationships and friendships to be both like supportive of your friend and part friends and partners work. But then also be upfront with them if something's not working, because I know as a creative, I appreciate yeah. it, <laughs> even in the moment when I might be like, oh. Uh, what do you mean I'm not perfect on the first try? Like, I always really appreciate when someone takes the care to be like, hey, I think you missed the merck here. Like, what if we tried doing it this way instead? Like, I find that so much more beneficial than sometimes upon reflection being like, oh, that thing I made really wasn't good. And when I asked for feedback, people just said it was fine. (laughs) I don't think they were telling me the truth. Like, I always appreciated that very truthful element in their relationship.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, I can, I can see that for sure. Do you have a favorite, like, cinematic bear then? Like, anyone on screen who you think has just nailed it, or...
1: Mm, I'll be honest, I, like, don't actually really engage with Little Women beyond the actual text okay. itself. I've seen okay. the 90s one once or twice, and then I've seen the 2019 one twice... I think. And then there was a mini series that came out, I want to say 2017 or 2018, yeah, no. um, that I have on DVD, but I haven't watched because I don't have a DVD player. Okay. Um, so it's on my <laughs> shelf and I'll watch it eventually. But I kind of felt like like, I liked the guy who played Bear in the Gerwig adaptation, but I was also like, oh, he's not, like, portly and, like, gruff no. <laughs> and, like, bearish enough, you know? He's he's very, very handsome <laughs> and not quite as, like, yeah, like, round and soft and, like, beardy as perhaps I would want from a bear. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, the actor did a great job. It yeah,
0: <laughs> was very was... fun. That was a very funny bear because she's like, all right, I'm going to take like nothing of the original character and just make him a hunk. Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Like the movie I'm always talking up to people on this podcast is actually the 1933 version, like black and white with Catherine Hepburn as Joe. And that movie for me, I think it's the only one that has like, changed my mind on bear like besides your book which is like completely like relocates bear puts her <laughs> in like puts the character in like a 12 year old girl's body right <laughs> but like in the 1933 version which was directed by george cougar who was uh, a pretty openly gay man there's a, just a real, like you were saying, like this tenderness and kind of like playfulness to the character almost. Like when we first meet him, he's crawling around on all fours on the floor, draped in a bear rug, playing like bear with like the kids he's looking after. So like that's how Joe first sees him is like this playful guy who's, you know, obviously like great with kids. And like you can immediately see why, what the appeal is there. so. I would recommend that. That's my favorite cinematic there. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I think also a lot of people maybe don't like Bear to start because so many of us enter the world of little women so young and we're really like the first read through at least this was my experience you're really gunning for joe and laurie to be together like the first reading they seem like such a perfect pairing and then you know the older i got the more i was like oh no there's something so powerful in joe's rejection of laurie like that is one of my favorite scenes in the whole book is when she's like i can never love you like that and then Laurie has to sort of mature and he and Amy sort of fall in love and stuff. And that's wonderful. And like, when you're younger, you're kind of like, oh, gross, an old man with a beard. Disgusting. <laughs> that's not what I want. Because the characters are adults then, whereas maybe revisiting the work as an adult, like that seems like more of an adult relationship to approach than like coming yeah. through it as a child, looking for sort of like age appropriate uh, younger relationships, yes. you know? So I think sometimes the age of the reader can really play into it yeah. as well.
0: And well, this is another thing, like something I hear a lot from readers and especially like queer, like and especially lesbian readers, frankly, is um, the moment where Joe rejects Lori is really powerful, but it's undercut by the marriage to Bear. So I'm interested in your thoughts about that and like how you kind of see that playing into your choice to represent Joe and Bear as a lesbian relationship, like mm-hmm. period.
1: Yeah, I guess, personally, I don't see that scene being undercut. To me, the power of that scene is, like, so often we are not told, sort of, like, regardless of gender, we're not really told the story of, like, somebody might be really in love with you, and you might not be in love with them at all mm. in that way. And, like, so the power of that scene, to me, is very much that dynamic of, like, being shown this narrative where, like, so, Laurie like is so in love with Joe, And Joe just can't be in love with him that way, regardless of what happens later on. Um, I think for many people, it is an earlier first interaction with the story that like you can say no in that moment, just because someone is like deeply and desperately in love with you doesn't mean you have to reciprocate in any way. And like you can have the power to still love them as a friend and care about them, but also not feel the pressure to step further and be like well I guess I'll try something romantic because you feel this way but really like interrogating your own feelings and thinking like do I feel that way or do I feel differently and like being true to those feelings so that's what I think the power of that scene is okay so for me it's not undermined by bears showing up later on because like regardless of if Joe found a different person to fall in love with at any point like the Lori scene would still be so like true and real to me it, you know it's sure, yeah. life's complicated you know
0: yeah. yeah I was just curious about yeah. it because in your book Lori uh he he slips Joe a valentine at candy Graham, and Joe just like runs out of the room because she can't deal with it and <laughs> and responding to Lori and just saying I don't feel that way about you it becomes kind of she sort of Lori is one of the first people to whom she articulates, like, I don't know if I could feel that way about any boy. And so he's kind of a stepping like that moment, that rejection mm-hmm. is kind of a stepping stone to her realizing, wait, I'm gay. So I was just, I was curious if you saw like the relationship in the book that way, like, was there any point where, was Lori never an option? Was there ever a point where you were like, maybe I'll represent Laurie as a girl?
1: no in in my adaptation very much like because i find that scene between joe and laurie so powerful like i knew that had to be in there i think it's just like a really important message to have out there that like even if someone is really really in love with you or thinks that they're really in love with you you do not have to be in love with them and also like being able to move past that as friends i think is super important as well like sometimes these sort of like moments could be portrayed as these like massive thunderstorms that break and like it's the the flood is washed out and there's no friendship able to be salvaged and to me it at least felt really important to show these young characters like confessing crushes to each other and still being able to be friends afterwards even if the crushes aren't realized so that that was kind of my thinking with that but yeah from the beginning i was like no that scene with Laurie is so important to me from the original text. Like I really want to try and be as faithful as possible to it in my reinterpretation, even though my reinterpretation
0: is like, so loose. Um, It's very, yeah. It's, it's, I you know, but I I think it is, I think it is faithful to, you know, like Lou's spirit and what she wanted of the book. I think she would be thrilled with it.
1: Thank you. Yeah. That's (laughs) really what I was trying to do was, you know, it's really hard to take a, several hundred page wow. novel and condense it down into a graphic novel because mm-hmm. I I'm always butting up against my page count limits <laughs> which is about 250 pages it's <laughs> what they asked me to keep within and yeah. I think my ideal graphic novel is 300 pages but it's a real challenge to cut down everything into a comic because you know a page of text that could be twenty pages of comics in and yeah. out, depending on how you want to depict it. So I had to be very strategic. Ah, uh, the points that I was pulling from the book, and and trying to like ex- make it feel like a complete narrative, while also like having to really edit down and yeah, cut away, okay. and just try to get the essence of these right. relationships and the essence of these themes.
0: Yeah, because it's it's a hard one to kind of adapt because. At so many points in the book, it's sort of just plotless. You know, we're just getting Mm -hmm. these slice of life episodes of the March family. Um, And then, of course, it was two books with completely different arcs. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. How did, like, plotting and sketching out the plot go for you? What was that plot like?
1: So, uh, pitching graphic novels is a little bit different than pitching prose books. Um, A lot of the times you're pitching off of a concept. For graphic novels if like the whole thing isn't written or drawn um, and you're just pitching off of sample art in a summary. Mm-hmm. Um, and pitching adaptations, even within graphic novels, is a little <laughs> bit different than pitching a wholly original work. Um, so with this adaptation, we sort of pitched off of a loose concept Um, And then had a bunch of meetings with um, the editor who wound up uh, eventually acquiring the work. And then we sort of developed the general idea together. But my thought with structuring the work was the original Little Women book. So the first half of what we Mm -hmm. know uh, of as Little Women takes place over a a calendar year. It starts at Christmas and it ends at Christmas. And I felt like that sort of idea of a year as a structure was a good place to start because especially when you're a kid, a year is a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> like now I'm much older and I blank and I'm like, where did the time go? What do you mean? <laughs> like every day I wake up and I'm like, is it 2022 or 2023 right now? I don't actually know. Um, but I, I really wanted to start with that idea of the year as a time capsule. And I didn't start it at Christmas and I didn't go till Christmas because that's not the year that was important to me when I was a kid. Right. The year that was important to me when I was a kid was the school year. So we start in September and we end in June in the book. So that was my way of taking like the very original plot structure and being like, here's the timeline. I'm going to take that idea and translate it slightly into like what was important to me when I was a kid, which was September to June. Like that's what a totally. year was. Yeah. And then to, to adapt it, I sort of like made a list of scenes from the original that I felt were really important to the characters. And I also made lists of what I thought each character's thematic journey throughout mm-hmm. the original book was. So, I mean, this one, we really focus on Joe. So I was really more focusing <laughs> on Joe than any of the other characters, but still sort of like trying to keep in mind, like, you know, Amy is sort of like having difficulties at school, which I don't think that actually came through too much in my book, but that was one of the things I was thinking of, you know, Beth sort of has, uh, Uh, you know illness stuff going on and also trying to gain confidence through music and Meg has is like babysitting like she's nannying in the original and sort of like struggling with that a little bit so like trying to bring that through to Mm -hmm. the adaptation just thinking about like really big picture what are the general themes arcing through this book what is each character's sort of like narrative journey in the most general sense and then trying to hone from there. So once I had the scenes that I thought were really important and I had sort of like the general concept of what I wanted to do, like I knew I wanted Joe to be in the newspaper club and I knew I wanted to have the blog as a narrative device um, because again, like condensing down such a big piece of work yes. one of the things that is sometimes a challenge in comics is you don't get to see the characters inner world as much in a, in quite as literal a way as you do in books like there's so many exactly. books where you get to like enter into the character's mind so adding in sort of this narration, this divisive narration with the blog um, helped me be a little bit more economical with space. I generally don't do a lot of narration in my work, although uh, Joe and Anne and the book that comes after Anne, you yes. will see that that's not true. But <laughs> when there's a page count that I have to hit specifically, um, sometimes it can be very strategic to think about, like, how can I bring in like something of a prose element to make sure that all of the information I'm trying to convey is being conveyed in an economic number of pages because truly you could do a thousand page adaptation of Little Women if you want, but you know, (laughs) don't have enough pages for that right now. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, literally my next question was going to be, you know, like Joe in the book, we kind of see her in the original in the original Little Women, we sort of see her very, she's very into what we might call genre fiction today. Like she loves pirates and witches (laughs) and fantasy. and, And that was very much in keeping with kind of the short thriller fiction that Lou wrote. And you've chosen like, the writing that she's doing, she's writing for this blog, which is also serving the function of the narration of the book. Okay. Um, and she's also, I'm like, she's meeting Freddie through the paper. She's like getting into journalism. So, why was that the choice you took for like Joe's writing ability? Why was it like those outlets?
1: yeah I guess like that was again one of those things where I wanted to like change it up slightly um and like still keeping the idea of sort of like writing as personal expression but then like changing it maybe to be a little bit closer to like personal narrative for the character and also just very selfishly like being things that I'm interested in (laughs) so it's like I kind of want to alter it in this way that like I'm really interested in sort of like yeah the idea of just like private and public writing was interesting to me at the time so that was kind of what I wanted to explore uh, well, yeah. so perhaps, perhaps it wasn't like the most considered choice but I was just like ah, I'm really interested in this idea right now and here's an avenue to um explore that
0: no and I think it, it winds up being a great device especially the blog and the narration it allows you like it's so clever as an adapter to kind of just use that to like cut to the heart of what's really important so love that choice for you and the next question I have is sort of like as a fellow like person who released their debut book in a pandemic. (laughs) Um, I know that, you know, one of the hard things about that is you don't get to kind of connect with readers maybe the way you would in a normal year, like school visits, um, readings, Mm -hmm. tour, that all that kind of goes online or it gets like postponed, pushed back. Um, So have you been able to like connect with readers, especially young readers? Have you gotten any feedback?
1: Oh, yeah. Sometimes people send me emails. That's, like, very nice. Yeah, a little email folder where I, like, move those nice little compliment emails into. Yeah, it was interesting releasing a book during the pandemic, um, and now a second book during the pandemic. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't actually really mind it too much. I kinda like not being perceived by people sometimes. (laughs) I get very stressed out when I have books come out. Like I just immediately am just like incredibly stressed out about the whole experience. Like Mm -hmm. I don't read reviews or anything, like whether they're good or bad. They just there's no reason for that like you know i'm happy when people write reviews good or bad because it's like that's not for me that's for other readers um and it's nice to know that somebody thought enough about my work to like write about it and share about it but uh yeah i'm very happy to sort of like live my private life as kathleen very separate from like kathleen as the the cartoonist Mm -hmm. um but it's very nice when people send me emails i like that very much it's (laughs) It's really sweet when people send me emails on behalf of their kids yeah saying like hi i'm this person mom um, we really enjoyed your book like that's so sweet and it makes makes my day every time. yeah
0: that's so cute yeah it just must yeah. be good to like know that this book is like reaching the kids who like need to read it or like it's making yeah. in their lives. yeah and with that mind, not to stress you out talking about like the next book but mm-hmm. like can you tell me what's going on with Anne because I also I'm like very excited to read that as well
1: yeah, yeah, um, I have a, I mean, no one else will be able to see this, but I'll show you this, I have an ARC here. But, Just for uh, me, oh
0: my god, it looks queer, it looks very queer. Yeah,
1: um, <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, cat-sitting for a friend right now, so i like, okay. got a copy up here for them <laughs> to leave uh, when I leave, but uh, yeah, it's it's really fun, it's um, also, yeah, queer retelling, very, very loose again, um, if you look at the original text, it's maybe even more explicit, uh, where, I I mean you know sort of hard to say definitively anything a 100 and whatever years on from the original publication because uh, society is so different and the way we talk about things is so different but there's so many passages where like I know so many of my friends like felt very seen in Anne of Green Gables very young you know like that bosom friend and yes <laughs> absolutely weeping imagining that your friend is going to go off and get married and leave you behind like those very intense yeah. like young friendships often when we look back on them we're like oh oh, I had not figured that thing out yet. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I I mean, I love, 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 love Anne of Green Gables, like much like Little Women. It's a book that's incredibly dear to my heart. So when I got the opportunity to adopt it, I was incredibly excited Uh, and also very stressed out because I know how much people love that book. I hope they (laughs) at least enjoy that I have made the decision to sort of like speak to the relationship between Anne and Diana and have some fun with that. But it's... I'm really proud of it. I think it's going to be a really fun read. I've uh, done some fun stuff, maybe made some controversial decisions. Who knows? <laughs> but that's the joy of adapting is you get to be like, I want to keep these things and I'm going to change these things.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, I, yeah I love that. And I'm I'm genuinely so excited to read it. As Like if you ever need blackmail material, there are pictures of me as a kid, like in the Anne of Green Gables wig with the red pigtails and everything. So <laughs> amazing. Very yeah. excited. Um, and I didn't mention this up top, but you have another book coming out after that called carousel summer and that i don't think that's an adaptation of anything like it Mm -mm. sounds like it's just from your own mind you want to talk about that for a little bit
1: yeah, I'm actually in the middle of writing that book right now. <laughs> so uh, I'm super excited about that. Yeah, the title right now is Carol Soul's Summer. I don't know if we'll change that or not. But uh, yeah, it, it's again, sort of middle grade, just the story that's like close to my heart about girls in the summer in rural Ontario and uh, crushes and complicated family stuff. So yeah, it'll be out in
0: 2024. I will put it in the calendar already Um, (laughs) and now um, is there anywhere like people can find you online get in touch how would you like people to do that
1: yeah I'm around uh, I'm (laughs) on Twitter and Instagram both at CAG comics, which is just K-A-G-C-O-M-I-X. And if you want to read more of my comics, you can find me at CAGcomics.com, which again is K-A-G-C-O-M-I-X. Cause I decided I was not going to do anything that was easy to understand just by saying (laughs) it. I have to like spell it out every time. Um, And then also if anyone's listening in Vancouver and really interested in comics, um, I'm heavily involved with a local small publisher and community group called Cloudscape Comics. And we meet every Wednesday, just draw comics together if people like drawing comics they can head over to our website and find our discord and that's kind of how you get into that right now during the pandemic because we're doing everything online um but yeah amazing well so those are the main places to find me
0: <laughs> cool cool so joe is available now you can get that at your bookstore you can get that anywhere um Anne is out this october mm-hmm. so it's september and yes. next month you can buy Anne at your local bookstore Please, you can pre-order it now wherever pre-orders are happening at your local
1: bookstores.
0: Pre-order and run to your local bookstore. Kathleen, it has been such a joy talking to you. This is exactly as fun and cool as I imagined it would be. (laughs) Yeah, thanks so much for dropping by. I really appreciate it. And uh, enjoy cat sitting, I guess. And... Oh, yeah, I will. She's like desperate to go outside because we have a sunny day. So okay. better go let
1: the cat out so you can sit in the sunshine. All right. We'll it was go lovely, enjoy the really day. day. Yeah. yeah.
0: It was so lovely to meet you too. All right. All right. Take Bye. care.